Right now, the woman accusing Donald Trump of sexual abuse and defamation is testifying in front of the former president's face. E. Jean Carroll has offered dramatic testimony in federal court today, saying, quote, I'm here because I was assaulted by Donald Trump, and when I wrote about it, he said it never happened. He lied, and he shattered my reputation. A jury in a previous civil trial agreed, finding Trump liable for sexually abusing and defaming Carroll. That trial concerned comments that Trump made after he was president. This trial concerns things that he said about her while he was president. And the first verdict carries over. So this isn't a question of whether Trump defamed Carroll a second time. It's really just a question of whether he'll have to pay damages and how much for that additional instance. CNN's Kara Scannell is outside of the courthouse for us. Kara, what else has Carroll said in her testimony? Yeah, so Eugene Carroll has been on the stand since about 10.15 this morning recounting what had happened to her after Donald Trump made those statements that the other jury found to be defamatory, saying that she wasn't his type, that the rape never happened, and that she made it up to sell her book. And it was when Carroll testified about this having shattered her reputation, we saw the first real physical reaction from former President Trump. He is sitting at a defense table just two long tables away from Carroll in the witness box. And he shook his head from side to side, suggesting he was saying no, no. I mean, for most of this time, he has been whispering to his lawyer, leaning over, passing notes. I did notice him gazing over at the jury at one point, but mostly he seems to be focused straight ahead and reacting in real time to things that Carol is saying to his attorney. Uh, now, what Carol did testify after she said her reputation was shattered, she then talked about what happened afterwards, and that included text messages, it included Facebook messages, tweets, and other communications from people where she said it was information that they were saying to her, insults like she was too ugly to go on living, but also physical threats that she said really terrified her. And one of these encounters, she said, was just after she went public. She was in a hotel room in New York. It was 11.30 at night, and there was no curtain on the window. She said she decided, she looked on Twitter, she saw a bunch of mean um, tweets about her, calling her a liar, and then she checked her E. Jean Carroll Ask E. Jean mailbox, and she said then that she saw a death threat, and she said that she didn't describe it, but she, she said in her reaction, I read it and I ducked. I thought I was going to get shot. She said she didn't sleep that night because of the fear racing and pulsing through her body when she started to get what became one of hundreds of, of messages that were threatening violence. She said she also received messages or people saying that they hoped that she was raped um, after her allegations were public that Donald Trump had in fact raped her in the mid-1990s. Now, she also described that certain steps that she took um, to try to beef up her security. So she said she got a pit bull. She said she bought bullets for a gun she inherited from her father, and she keeps it next to her bedside. Now, she is going to continue testifying. We expect that the, the court is going to break for lunch soon. And then in the afternoon, Trump's attorney will get a chance to cross-examine her. Uh, it is unclear if the president will stay for the duration of court today. We know he's expected to go to New Hampshire, uh, but there will be um, many more uh, hours of Eugene Carroll testifying on the stand and being cross-examined by Trump's attorney. Boris Brianna? Kara Scannell live outside the courthouse for us in New York. Thanks so much. Let's discuss now with defense attorney Misty Maris. Misty, great to see you. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Uh, as Carol laid out the testimony from Eugene Carroll here, we know that at different points, 
Uh, the judge noticed that the former president was making remarks to his defense team, apparently at one point during E. Jean Carroll's testimony, saying loud enough for people in the room to hear, quote, it's not true. Uh, the judge reprimanding Trump for that. What do you make first of the testimony and then Trump's uh, remarks in court? Yeah, so this is twofold. So as far as Trump's remarks in court, remember the prior trial involving E. Jean Carroll, where he was found liable and the damages were $5 million, he did not attend. So this is the first time that he is actually in the room watching her testimony. And, you know, this violates the rules of decorum of the court to have these, uh, what's being reported as, you know, these overt reactions to the testimony. But in this particular case, liability is not an issue. And, and therefore, this is really all about damages. And so anything relating to the liability component is not going to be brought into the courtroom. So the judge rightfully said, you can confer with your attorneys, that's your right, but you have to maintain uh, a, a level and, and demeanor where the jury is not going to be impacted because that could ultimately result in something prejudicial to the jury. Now, as far as the testimony, E. Jean Carroll is going through all of the aspects of her life that changed after these defamatory comments were made. This was, these relate to 2019 comments. And the, the factors that are going to be looked at from a damages perspective are the nature and severity of the defamatory statements, emotional distress. That's where we hear about these uh, horrific tweets and, and emails that she received that caused her distress. She's testifying to that. And also loss of business opportunity. And so that's really going to be the focus of her testimony. And as predicted, it's going to be emotional as she reads through some of the comments that came upon after these defamatory statements. Yeah, Misty, you mentioned he can't prejudice the jury. Uh, he can make an impression on them. He's there. He doesn't even have to be there. This is voluntary. Does it work in his favor, potentially, that he is there in the courtroom? Well, it at least shows that he's taking the case seriously uh, to, to that extent. And we've heard that he has, he might testify. We don't know if he will. The judges put some parameters on what he can testify about. So whether or not that impacts his decision to take the stand, we'll have to see. However, uh, I, I do think it was a mistake. And I, and I said this back when we were covering the original trial to not attend. It's such serious subject matter. And optically, it looks like he's not taking the case seriously at all. So now he's here. Um, however, making comments in the galley, you know, at the defense table while the other party is testifying is inappropriate and could ultimately be prejudicial. So I'm not surprised the judge uh, intervened on that front. Yeah, uh, very interesting. We'll see how it affects things. Misty Maris, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And with the New Hampshire primary less than a week away, things are just moving so quickly now. Sure. Former President Trump is ramping up the vitriol against his rival, Nikki Haley. Yeah, he mocked her by comparing her to Hillary Clinton and then echoed racist smears that he used against others like former President Barack Obama. CNN's Kristen Holmes and Jeff Zeleny are both in New Hampshire following the Trump and Haley campaigns. Uh, Kristen, let's start with you. Uh, walk us through these new attacks by Donald Trump. 
Yeah, Boris, it's very clear that Donald Trump views New Hampshire as a two-person race, and that's why he is ramping up his attacks on Nikki Haley. And as you said, part of this is using well-worn tactics, racist dog whistles that we've seen him use before. So I'll put up one social media post he wrote. You can see here that he is attacking her using her birth name. Now, this comes after he amplified a false narrative on social media that she couldn't be president because she was born to Indian immigrants who were not U.S. citizens at the time of her birth, to be very clear. She was born in South Carolina, and she is a U.S. citizen. This might seem familiar because this is the exact same tactics that he used on Barack Obama. He would always emphasize President Barack Obama's middle name, Hussein, and he was also the primary uh, backer or conspiracy theorist uh, on the birther theory that President Obama couldn't be president because he wasn't born in the United States. Now, it's not just these attacks that we are seeing. We are also seeing uh, the former president talking about Nikki Haley. Last night, he accused her of trying to get Democrats and independents to infiltrate the GOP primary. Again, just to fact check here, only Republicans and independents can vote in the GOP primary, and the deadline for changing your party affiliation was on October 6th. So nobody is changing their party affiliation at this time. All right, uh, Kristen, thank you so much for that. To you, Jeff, now, how is Haley responding to these ramped up attacks by Trump? Look, Brianna, in one respect, it's a matter of flattery because she knows that uh, she is his leading rival, at least here in New Hampshire, has not responded specifically to uh, the item by item by item that Kristen was just laying out there. But look, they are very well aware of the fact that they know the entire kitchen sink is likely to be thrown at them uh, by the time next Tuesday rolls around the New Hampshire primary. But for her part, when she had a rally here last evening in New Hampshire, uh, she was pointing out uh, her, some of her same argument, really amplifying that argument, that she believes it's time to move beyond a former President Donald Trump. And she's lumping him in with President Biden. In fact, she's running television ads here saying it's time to move beyond the Trump-Biden nightmare. So clearly trying to make the case to those moderate voters and undeclared voters that Kristen was talking about that she is hoping that they will help her win the Republican primary. She'll be holding an event this evening in Rochester, New Hampshire. She's doing some private events uh, this afternoon. She's not campaigning as aggressively uh, stop by stop by stop barnstorming the town, but more strategically. But I'm sure we will hear uh, a response from her uh, this evening. As for the Hillary Clinton mocking thing, it's very interesting because that similar ad was used in the Iowa uh, caucus campaign by the Ron DeSantis super PAC, uh, saying that she was uh, simply a, a replay or being morphed uh, into Hillary Clinton. Her team actually believes that helped her in Iowa because it sent the message to uh, perhaps some moderates about her foreign policy and other things. So in New Hampshire, that's a very interesting uh, technique because Hillary Clinton, of course, actually beat Donald Trump here back in the 2016 general election. So certainly there are vast differences between Hillary Clinton and Nikki Haley. Brianna, of course, you would know that as we covered Hillary Clinton together. But uh, for an independent audience, moderates, uh, that might not be the worst comparison, at least in this race.